to be self-reflective, you have to be self-aware first and foremost, right? Because you can't think about things that you're doing or that you may have done if you're not even aware of who you are and what you do and what your strengths are and what your challenges are. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Optimalist, a podcast where we've set out to explore the optimal way to educate in the age of AI. If you're new here, I'm Sarah Candela, your host through this exploration of the elements of human flourishing. This week, I bring you a long-awaited discussion with Evan Whitehead. Evan's story is one to sink into deeply if you are someone interested in alternative paths through the educational landscape. Evan is a thought leader in the field of education, He's also an author, speaker, and a mindset accountability coach. He's an advocate for the process he calls balance, boundaries, and breaks in helping manage mental health and lifestyle choices, which we'll dig into more over the course of our conversation. If you're a leader looking for an inspiring voice in another leader, one who learned to prioritize his own health and create the career and life he needed, you'll appreciate Evan's thoughtfulness and grace and determination. He's a great example of adaptability. All this and more on today's Optimalist. I've actually come full circle in terms of my um, career path and my trajectory um, because I started working um, in education um, as a paraprofessional at a therapeutic day school, um, which is a, a a private or non non public facility um, for that serves students um, whose needs can't be met in their home public school, um, and in terms of the least restrictive environment, it's it's pretty restrictive. Almost the last step before students may have to um, attend um, a residential facility. So I started this in 1997. So it's and um, as doing that, and now I've come full circle where I'm back. Um, into the non-public therapeutic day school setting um, now as an executive director of a new um, startup um, organization um, in school that opened back in February. And our focus is to serve you know, my, primarily students um, with autism, intellectual disabilities, and severe learning disabilities, which is interesting because when I started my career, in particular, the students with autism or eligible under autism were once considered um, what we call low incidence, you know, disabilities, because it just wasn't that, you know, it wasn't that common as it was, um, as it is now. So um, for me, going into special education, starting the field, um, my focus was working with students with emotional disabilities and what we used to call behavior disabilities. So now coming forward, like entering this space is is really interesting for me because um, it allows me to truly, you know, model what um, I want others to do in terms of lifelong learning and being and 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 improving your craft. Because I didn't teach um, this this particular student population, I was involved with them in terms of that. So by the time you know being in um, central office or district level um, administration, now in my current role, I'm learning myself as I'm going. So I'm learning from those that um, I supervise, those that lead. I'm learning from you know, some brilliant people who have been doing this for a couple of decades, and they're teaching me things every day, and I learn something new every day. Um, I actually had a chance to kind of put together two of my passions. One, um, which is education, and the second 
is really, you know, this space that I really came acquainted with probably in the last four or five years of being able to start something new, right? And being able to kind of, you know, be able to mold something from the beginning in my own vision, be able to implement things that I've always wanted to do, but not necessarily had the ability or the flexibility to do so, but now being able to do that. And also it's, it's you know, it's exciting to start something new, like like the like the energy, the excitement, the passion um, of that of growth, of being mm. able to take some take some really some some risks, right? Um, and being able to learn like on the fly. One thing that I truly believe in, and currently my organization now is that you know where we are is a learning space. And it's a learning space for everyone that includes students and also the adults for the staff. And and part of learning, right, is that mistakes are going to be made. Mm -hmm. But um, the key component of that is that it also has to be a safe space, right? And it has to be safe physically, psychologically, and also emotionally in order to take those risks, right? So if if I'm a student in a class, right, if I don't feel safe in those three areas in the classroom, I'm not going to take risks um, in my learning because I don't feel safe to do so, mm-hmm. right? So therefore, to expect me to um, take risks in my learning and do things I've never done before or things that may be a little bit uncomfortable or unfamiliar to me is not going to happen. Same thing goes for adults, right, and staff. If I'm a staff member and I'm adult in an, in an organization, a school, a district, et cetera. And one, I don't feel physically safe, right? The the odds of me focusing or on on and my focus being on my teaching or instruction of students or helping students learn is probably going to be far and few between because I'm going to be more concerned about my own physical safety. Being able to do that for my staff, uh, my students, and also, you know, finally the families that I serve um, is extremely important. And I, and I get a chance to be a lot more closer connected to the families that I serve now because of the role that I'm in and that, that we're a smaller startup, which is great. And also making the families finally, you know, feeling as though they have a they have a home and they have a home for their child and also for them to um, be able to feel a level of rest as well because for for a lot of them it's been challenging so being in the space helps me um, feel good and, and, and be able to do that and give back and still ma- maintain a lot of things that I've always wanted to do and it sounds really like you are truly in a place that was made for you <laughs> at this <laughs> at this point. The way, like, even when we spoke last time, everybody who's listening can just have a little bit of uh, background of Evan and I did a meeting probably about a month ago now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where we just kind of chatted to see, to get to know each other. We'd never spoken before. And, you know, we wound up having a really fruitful maybe intense conversation there. I was like, well, we should have just been recording this the whole time. But that's what happens. And so I got a lot of the backstory of of, uh, of Evan's story and life. And it really does um, fit together well with how the little bit that I know about you, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it does. Um, you know, I, like many other people have always had challenge, you know, have had challenges in life, right? Um, I'm not perfect, don't claim to be, um, but I've had challenges, you know, um, challenges from on the mental health side. Um, I've had also, you know, other struggles as well that that have kind of um, framed my mindset and been able to break through those challenges and 
be able to do, go through a personal transformation of sorts has, has really put me in a space where um, I feel that if I can support others and help them to be in a healthier space and then not have to experience some of the challenges that I did, I want to be able to do that. So I, I do feel good about kind of how everything has culminated and come together um, with that because I, I can kind of do a lot of those things. So it does, it was, it was almost like, um, you know, meant to be and, all, and the stars aligned and mm -hmm. um, being able to do that. So I definitely agree with you. Yeah, I love that. And I am wondering if um, you could give any insight into how you promote or advocate for elements of self-awareness and, you know, developing what we were joking before as being things that might be the new sets of skills, like mid-century skills that we, <laughs> that we might need. What are those? Like, I'm not sure, like, we, like I, we're identifying them on our end on the swivel and optimalist end as being things like radical self-reflection, yeah. which leads yeah. to that self-awareness and, um, and, and routinely socializing that as part of our classroom environments. Um, yeah. and then part of our home environment, making that be almost like, over time become the core of who we are um, mm -hmm. because that will elevate us to a level where we can consistently grow and evolve beyond whatever artificial technology is around us. And so, you know, who we are really is, you know, really depends on, on how we think about ourselves and what we take action on based on reflection. Right. So yes. I'm thinking about like, not that you're like, revolutionizing these things every single day. <laughs> not expect not expecting that kind of an answer, but just knowing what's important to you yeah. um, and knowing what uh what you value in a community or what I think you value in a growing community. I'm wondering if there are ways that you do promote or advocate for these kinds of skills. And yes. that goes along with and because all of that ties into the move towards a more mindful way of living. And yeah. so I think they all connect, but yeah, they I just do. wanted to get, wanted to give you a chance to talk about that. Yeah. So, um, with my own mental health challenges that I have and also, um, dealing with some of my other struggles, you know, I had to do a lot of self-reflecting and coming to the point of understanding about myself. And it was done through, um, a lot of therapy, a lot of treatment. Um, you know, and, and I will say that I also had some, um, some formalized, um, training and support, you know, when I was in a program, um, as well to help me through that. And, and when I was in the program, I, I first, that was the first time I learned about, um, mindfulness, the way that it was introduced to me was really more about like a, almost like a, a sense of awareness and being able to do that. Because, um, for me, as I was going through um, a lot of my healing, as I refer to, is that I realized that I lacked a lot of the ability to not only be self-aware, but also to manage a lot of my emotions um, as well that, that caused challenges um, for me and, you know, and things of that nature. So, so as I began to reflect and, and think about that, learning about, you know, mindfulness, which is, which at the core is nothing more than just, um, you know, the awareness of being aware, right? That's, that's what it is to be, to be mindful. And then, um, also being able to live in the moment and to be present, right? Because for myself, you know, I realized that I was either always kind of thinking about things that I had done in the past that I couldn't change 
right, that had already happened. Um, it was, you know, those are events or actions or, you know, whether it was trauma that had already happened in my life and I couldn't change it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but living in that space, right. Is not healthy. Right. And that, um, are those type of things are at the core in terms of, you know, one potentially being in a depressive state or potentially being diagnosed with depression. And then the other component is that, you know, overthinking things that have not happened or what could possibly happen, right? And um, allowing your emotions to kind of run free and overthink and where you're almost somewhat, you know, creating a movie, so to speak, um, that has not even been released or even premiered, but yet you've already um, seen it, but also you begin to almost somewhat live in it. And that is really the state of, you know, people moving towards being um, anxious um, and potentially could maybe um, diagnosed with anxiety. And that's kind of where I was. Like I was always extreme. I never had like, you know, kind of an, a, a, like an in-between, um, which now that I refer to um, is like a middle path of understanding that, you know, you don't have to be extreme in what you do. Your your emotions don't have to be extreme. And how do we able to be able to get centered in doing that, right? And being able to be centered to do that is really where a lot of the mindfulness comes in because it allows you to be present, right? in the moment, right? Don't focus on what happened in your rear view, uh, right? And don't don't look so far ahead that it's out of focus, right? Um, in the front of you. So that was kind of like a revelation for me um, to understand that, wow, you know, I'm, that's always like kind of how I've been. How I've been. So being able to um, get to a point in which I can do that, you know, is, is extremely, has been extremely helpful. And that midpoint kind of comes to, you know, what I, you know, began to refer in terms of like being in balance or what people may refer to as being in balance. And in order to do that, though, you really have to um, be able to be self-reflective. But to be self-reflective, you have to be self-aware first and foremost, right? Because you can't think about things that you're doing or that you may have done if you're not even aware of who you are and what you do and what your strengths are and what your challenges are. Once you are able to do that, that becomes your foundation and your base, right? And then everything else kind of evolves or grows from that. Um, we talk about things, people want to have a work-life balance. Um, they want to make sure like they're, they're balanced in terms of their mind, body, spirit, but really it's, you know, in life, right? You have to be able to differentiate and prioritize um, what you're going to do because everything changes all the time. It's a constant movement, right? So you have to be able to know yourself and then mm -hmm. um, understand what you're going to give and what you're not going to give in order for that balance. So that that's kind of like the one, like the first component. And then how I do that and, and talking about and discussing that, that, that idea of balance for one, what I do for myself um, in order to do that. And part of that is um, one, being able to meditate um, on a regular basis, um, daily, at minimum, ideally multiple times during the day, because it um, depends on when I need it. So that helps to ground me and also center me as well. That is important, right? You mentioning breaking to meditate is, is most beneficial to you if it can be multiple times throughout the day. And I do think that that's something that we've always tried to bring up with people and advocate for is that yes. routine of, of thinking like you don't have to be someone who um, embraces this idea that meditation always has to be this <laughs> half hour of sinking into 
the moment, which it can be, and and I guess it should be on some level at some times uh, to really to get the full benefits. But when you're someone like yourself, and I imagine it's similar to what I feel about things like um, my practice with yoga, uh, and other people understand that as well. But like if you're someone like yourself, and you have now learned what the what it does for you in certain areas that like there becomes a craving for that for what that gives you and you learn yes. that that it it elevates that that self awareness right because then you you wind up learning like it's not only just a mental or brain thing like yes. you learn yes. like the changes in your body right your body feels certain ways like and it's not necessarily being always triggered by something but it it's like it becomes I I feel like people who really go through this, like, you know, understand the real connection between how mental health really is whole health, because you really get that, that brain body connection Mm -hmm. is felt so holy. I I could dive in. dive into this topic, but at the same time, like the idea of being able to, to get that, to cultivate that desire to do something throughout the day, give yourself moments to recognize. It's not just right. making time for a break. It's it's more than a break. It's recognizing my yep. body needs X, Y, Z. My brain needs this, and like I'm gonna figure. I I can take ten minutes to do this thing. Um, I need to se- separate myself from this. I you know whatever it might be. There are things that you need because you are a <laughs> biological, yes. living, breathing thing, and you you can't be connected to inertia, to an inert screen, or you know, <laughs> not talking to other people all day. Like you need you need to figure yes. out, like right? We need to figure that out, and that's a big part of I think what makes so much of this, um, you know, the crisis of 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 how we're dealing with or going to deal with uh living mm-hmm. alongside of artificial intelligence because you know we've we've become wrapped up in in this in this world that can predict our our behavior and and get us to do things we've been living in it forever now since since the advent of of social media i mean to your point like all of that is correct right it's it, i think it's about the intentionality Right of of what we're doing as human beings, that's that's necessary because I feel that I actually um, was starting to work with um, a couple of people probably about three or four weeks ago on like um, kind of uh, introduction to meditation one on one, right? And you know, like all of us at some point in time, we all told ourselves, "This is silly. There's no way we're going to do it. I can't focus for any period of time." Like all of the all the things that would try to talk ourselves out of right being able to meditate. And and what I always tell people um, is what helped me is always the fact and the idea of that if you can just focus on starting small, right, thirty seconds to a minute. And just mm-hmm. focus on your breathing, right? Um, like in through your mm-hmm. nose, out through your mouth, right? In through your nose, out through your mouth. And just being able to feel the air coming in and then going out. And I said that the amount of time, right, that you are able to do it and focus on your breathing is not important. To me, as you were saying, it's the routine because mm-hmm. you begin to build stamina, right? As you do it, and the more repetition that you do it, the longer you're able to do it. And then I always, the way I look at it is, is that 
you're actually building up that stamina and almost as a reserve. So when you do need to be able to to balance yourself and you need to meditate for whatever reason, you can do that by that time. So you may be able to do that at some point, but as long as you keep you know, building, right? And it builds upon itself. That's the important part. I always tell people just just being able to have a starting point and allow yourself to get into the pattern and the behavior of doing that so that you can, you can, it's targeted and you're finding an opportunity for yourself to be able to get away and then connect right? With yourself, Mm -hmm. um, instead of always being focused on something, we have to put a a, a conscious effort into making sure that we put back into ourselves, right? Because we need that like life energy that I, that I refer to that, that living things have to, uh, to help to replenish us and to make us feel kind of whole again, um, so that we can then go back to doing what we are doing throughout our day so that we are, we're able to be um, successful. Yeah. And so I was going to extend this whole conversation too, is to incorporate this idea of having to you know, live alongside AI and all, mm-hmm. of, and all of that that I was saying before. And I was wondering if you are seeing that challenge yet in your, you know, in the position that you have and as a leader. And like, if there's, if you're thinking about what it means to adapt to this as someone who is conscious and remain someone who is conscious of the self, not, you know, thinking of, of adaptation or acceptance of artificial intelligence in our daily lives as something that is you know, something that we want to, we want to work with, but not get lost in. Mm, Um, And I know we all don't have the definitive answers for this, but I'm wondering if that is, I mean, this could be the first time you're thinking about it, but you can wander about it with me. Uh, Like we just wander through that path, but I'm wondering if you are having any ideas uh, about, especially in the light of of leadership and school leadership for educators, but like this just the concept of of being able to step into it and accept and embrace without being lost and and elevating elevating the self I, and i do think a lot of what you have learned to cultivate personally is part of what we need it's part of that reflection and so i'm, I'm wondering if you have have thought about that at all or or what you would no, say to I, others i, I yeah. know i i definitely i i like you know especially you know the terminology of like of like working, living alongside, right? Cause that's, yeah. that is the reality. So, um, I, I, I'm a realist, right? And, and so like, I understand that, um, the world that I live in and then that I operate in the environment, you know, um, that, that I live in, you know, I can't necessarily isolate myself, right? And mm-hmm. go away from like, what we know as civilization, right? I still have to work. I still have to um, be able to sustain myself, you know, and I you know, earn a living and I have to still function in the world because that's, that is my, um, that's my existence, right? That's what I, that's what I know. So I think that, you know, that is, that's part of it. And I think it goes back to what I said before about being an extremist or people being being in extremes, right? It's almost like being able, like if you are able to understand the idea of being present in the understanding of like having a middle path, as I discussed, then it allows you to be in a better space to live alongside, like 
technology, AI, et cetera, instead of saying, I have to dive all the way in, right? And just put and like, go ahead, head first, no matter what, or being in a state of like, sometimes um, those of us that, um, that are challenged by other generations when, you know, that, that are, that are far more advanced in terms of, you know, certain things. And we are somewhat stuck in wanting to change or try things, right? That's the other side of the extreme as well. So I think if you're able to be in that, in that space and to cultivate that, it'll, that those skills will translate into what you're asking, right? So what I like to ask people at the end of Mm -hmm. a conversation is, to give us some, I hate using the word insight again. I feel like I say that a lot in these, on this <laughs> podcast, but to give us a fuller picture of who you are and the kinds of things that you are um, consuming, I guess, like what goes into your brain. It doesn't have to be related to career or education sure. at all. I um, So, so yeah. I, in order to do that, I like to ask if you would like to share something you're either reading right now or listening to or um or watching you could you could share something from all those categories or pick one uh okay. whatever it is that you you think um you would recommend to people sure. that you're enjoying sure so um you know i'm going to i'm going to start with what i'm actually watching um and it, and it's not education related it it's pretty it's pretty um you know i guess it's not high thinking, but but in terms of me, you know, I promote my balance, boundaries, and breaks. And for me, it is a break. Um, it's actually a sitcom, and my daughter and I um, watch it. My daughter's eighteen, um, and we watch it. And it's actually um, a comedian, George Lopez, and his and his real life daughter have a sitcom, Lopez vs. Lopez. And the reason why I'm watching it is because the dynamic between father and daughter is very similar to the dynamic between my daughter and myself. And the the funny thing is I didn't know she was watching the sitcom and she didn't know I was watching it until, (laughs) until, until we like happened to like mention it and talk about it. So we started watching it together. And, and, and really there's a lot of themes in terms of like, um, family, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the definition of family, right? Because, you know, I think that's a term that, that, that gets thrown around a lot, right? Because there are people that you're related to, but there are also people that are your family, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what that means. And the other thing, there's, there's themes in terms of mental health, um, in terms of like, you know, trauma, and then also just, you know, intergenerational relationships, right? So um, for me, it's been really like rewarding and kind of like a guilty pleasure, for me to do that because after I have a long day at work or have a long week, um, I can watch that with her um, and I can watch it for myself. And I'm really able to just sit back and just um, enjoy myself um, doing so. So, you know, for, for any, for any dads that may be out there that, that, that have daughters in particular, um, I would recommend it. It's, it's funny. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting and it has a lot of, and I think that the, the unique dynamic is that they are actually true father and daughter. So it makes the dynamic great. That is a wonderful suggestion. I love that. Not only a recommendation of what to watch, but how to watch it and get the best out of it. Perfect perfect package there. Especially going into the, into the big season of 
spending more time together with people. Yes. I think that's a, yeah. that's a good thing. Um, yes. so where can people find you who are listening and would like to connect more with you or ask sure. questions? Let us sure. know li- links and handles on social media. Sure. I can do that. Um, so I would say, um, my social media home, so to speak, has always been, I guess what we all call X formerly Twitter, right? <laughs> yeah. um, um, so I know it, it changes, but um, you know, for me, your listeners um, can always find me at, at Evan Whitehead 00 on X. And then also um, in terms of Instagram, um, I do have an Instagram handle as well. And you can find me um, on Balance Boundaries and Breaks. Um, so you can go ahead and search me that way. And then, you know, I'm open to receiving email suggestions as well, whether it means um, you know, we just want to ask some questions about what I talked about here or questions about the work on my three B's, my balance boundaries and breaks and kind of the stuff that I do, whether it's consulting or public speaking or even coaching, because I'm also a also mindset and accountability coach as well. Um, so you can reach me um, at my email address, which is Evan Whitehead, E-V-A-N-W-H-I-T-E-H-E-A-D, the number 11 at gmail.com. Beautiful. Now there's no excuse, everybody. <laughs> um, cool. Well, thank you so much for stopping by the uh, uh, the pretend studio today. <laughs> it was good to have you back. Uh, you so I mean, Appreciate I feel like you're, I think I said this last time we chatted, but you're uh, someone that I could have regular conversations with, I think, about this. It just keeps our well, minds well. moving forward, right? Then we will. Then we will then put it into the universe for sure. Thank you, Evan, for stopping by and being so open about your relationship with mindfulness and the role that you now find yourself in. And I love how we're able to bring it all back to the integral part that self-reflection plays in the process of continuous growth and the process of learning to be ever more adaptable. So switching gears for one second Thanks to everyone out there who has signed up to try out Swivel's new product, Mirror, during its first demo program cycle. Mirror is Swivel's new AI-powered self-reflection tool that helps students supercharge and regulate their reflective practice. We believe that the higher order skills that we all need in the age of AI are going to rely on our level of self-awareness and our ability to better manage our emotions, work habits, choices, relationships and learning. And we're using AI to help us do that. Basically, the mirror is where we want you and your students to meet your potential self, your best self. So there's a link in the show notes today to sign up to be a part of this incredible opportunity, which is the mirror demo program. Basically, we send you a free mirror device to your school and you use it with some light guidance from us over the course of 30 days. And then you tell us what happened. It's that easy. So follow the link in the show notes to sign up now or go to swivel.com for more information. Back to the podcast really quickly. Please consider letting us know what you think by leaving a review or even a rating in Apple Podcasts. And you can reach me on Twitter at scandela9. The hashtag optimalist can always be used when posting your answers to questions that we ask here especially if you can't find the original post and I'll be sure to see it. I can also be reached at sarah at swivel.com. You can listen and subscribe to the optimalist podcast wherever you love listening to great podcasts. New episodes are released on Wednesdays. Links to all the resources mentioned are available in the show notes. 
The Optimalist Podcast is brought to you by Swivel. At Swivel, we understand that the biggest challenge in education is the rate of change. Policy revisions, technological advancements accelerated by AI, evolving job markets, and ongoing research constantly identifying new best practices are only some of the factors affecting the rate of change in education. So to learn how Swivel can help you be more reflective, engaged, and adaptable, visit swivel.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening to The Optimalist today, and I will be back next week with a whole new conversation. 